Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey gang, welcome back to Marriage Therapy Radio with Zach and Laura. And happy Thanksgiving. It's about that time of year. Um... We are thankful for you. We're thankful for your support of the podcast. We're thankful for your questions that you send in. Today, we're tackling viewer mail, viewer mail, listener mail. Um, and we have some cool opportunities coming up later that we want to tell you about at the end of the episode. So stick around. You know what song I heard this morning? What um, did you hear? That one, I think it's called uh, Motown Billy Back Again. Join the little, little East, uh-huh, East Coast so group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know every single word of that song. I used to anyway. It doesn't sound like you do. And that's a I pet could peeve. I could sing it right now. That's a pet peeve. Please you don't need to though. You really don't need okay. to. Uh that's a pet peeve of my husband's is that I sing songs and I don't actually know the words, but I will put in words that sound similar or what close. I hear. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. And that's a that's like a legitimate pet peeve that he has of me. Oh well. When I used to listen to a lot of rap music when I was in high school. You still should. I'm kind of thinking I might take that on because there are some people that I I like a lot. And I think one of the cool things about them is that they listen to rap music. Hey, the, you know, there's this guy. Um, he's called Aesop Rock, um, like oh. Aesop's Fables. Aesop Rock? Aesop Rock? I think that's his name. Anyway, he's, he's, uh, he, there was this chart that I saw one time about like the uh, the vocabulary of rap artists, like yes. in terms of what they use. And some yep. of them are like better than Shakespeare, uh-huh. like in terms of their... their Was it their, 50 like, Cent? Ver- it's one that's like one you wouldn't suspect. He's on there. No, it's ASAP Rock. It's like the most highly rated dude. Um, his anyway, intelligence is highly rated based on the vocabulary that he uses in his rap music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's actually like smarter than Shakespeare. Yeah. I know. These guys are smart. And then some of them, of course, are super dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Thanksgiving's coming up. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? We are, uh, we have uh, on Wednesday night, we have our kind of chosen family night, uh, like the family mm-hmm. that we chose. And then, um, and then Thursday we go with our family that we're actually related to and we spend, uh, we'll uh-huh. spend the day together and we'll play games and watch football. And Mike, my, my Rebecca is super into it. She, she has like uh, been eating the same exact meal for you know, 40 years or something. And yeah. so she and her sister and her mom and all those people will replicate this meal again. And do you have a fun. dish that you look forward to most often? Not me. Not really. I just like dark meat with gravy. <gasps> I like dark meat too. That is kind yeah. of a divide. Like I don't understand why people like white meat. I don't get it. It's so dry. Yep. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a dark meat person as well. We different, we're very different people. So it's, it's kind of fun to find a commonality with you. Oh, sweet. I know. We both, we both want to listen to rap music and we yes. both like dark meat. It's yeah. kind of creepy though. When you think about the reason it's dark meat, it's because of blood. Um, is that creepy? Cause we're eating a dead animal. Just saying. I think we should, I think we should stop cause we're going to offend somebody. Okay. That's true. Um, okay. Well, uh, my daughter, well what do you guys me? do? 
we are going to have my my chosen family who also happens to be my biological family. You see the difference there? You see what I did? They're going to be flying into Salt Lake and staying with me. So yeah, we have- I, I saw that you just insulted my family. Yeah, no, you insulted your family because you're the no, one I didn't. who said that they were not your chosen family. No, I'm just saying that we have a, like a family gathering with people that we're not related to. They're like our chosen family instead sure. of our family family. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So they're coming into Salt Lake. I'm hosting um, my my dad, my my dad, and my little sisters and my stepmom, and then also Ryan's parents are coming. And then we have some chosen family. We call them the Hunkles because they're super hunky uncles that are going to come over. Um, so that'll be fun. And I was just researching all of the different Thanksgiving uh, meals that I could plan and whatnot. I just, the only thing I want is cranberry sauce and I make it as like a cranberry chutney. So it has apples in it and it has orange juice and spices and walnuts. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm so excited and that's happening in a week. So that's why I cool. ran. My fantasy okay. football team is eight and two. <laughs> Just catching up on life, aren't we? On the important yeah. Details. Well, we haven't talked. Well, actually, you know what we did? We talked last week because we were together. We taught a class. We talked. We, we taught had our, our retreat. Yeah, and it was, it was amazing. I really enjoyed. I have told people this that I really, really enjoyed teaching with you, and I have oh, a, a newfound appreciation for you that I didn't have before. So say um, more. Tell me more. <laughs> I just, I really think that we work very well as a team. And when we teach together, we fill the gaps. And I just really enjoyed hearing your point of view and the stories that you tell and the way that your brain conceptualizes a lot of this relationship research and advice. And it was just very cool to sit on the sidelines and learn while I was also teaching a workshop that I have taught many, many times. So thank you for being so brilliant. You're welcome. I'm, I must be on one because I've given you a couple of compliments today. I know. I know. I think you you, t- you told me that you have the flu. I, I'm not. I'm feeling a little <laughs> under the weather and it's true. You must be it's on true. like, um, on like, like a cough uh, syrup. Yeah. I'm pleasantly hopped up. Um, yeah. Here's what we're doing today. We have, we have a lot of emails that have come in with questions. And so we're just going to do a two-parter and try to answer two separate um, viewers or listeners questions. So the first one is uh, a wife who's frustrated. Also, I went to the World Series. Nope. We are not talking about that anymore. And we're moving Disneyland. On. We're moving on. Okay. For, save it for another. I episode. just wanted to make sure that I updated everyone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving on. So she's frustrated. Husband comes home. The scenario is that he's home maybe 10 minutes and then just immediately dives into his phone and is is completely what we call distracted digitally or digital distraction. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids notice it. They say things about it. She notices it. She says things about it. And he's just playing these games and is completely disconnected. And um, the frustrating part is that she's actually mentioned to him that she would like for him to get off of her phone. And she said she's tried a piece of advice that we probably would give, which is set apart some time where you are on your phone and then when you're off of your phone. And his response is that he doesn't want to feel controlled and that would mm. feel controlling. So what says you? I'm kind of interested to hear your point of view um, when it comes to this idea that there's there's some tension in the relationship that's caused by this man's use of his device. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like there's a lot going on, right? There's there's um there's the the end of there's the return home routine which doesn't mm-hmm. have any any real routine to it it's not predictable it's not consistent it's not agreed upon it's not a ritual <clears throat> i think that's an easy place to start um mm-hmm. 
there's also the possibility that maybe he has an addiction. Like he has, uh, yeah. he has the, that whole dopamine thing happening every time he, he gets a hit from his phone, whether mm-hmm. it's social media or some kind of game that he can't put it down. Um, yeah. There's also this maybe perpetual piece, which is they have uh, they have a dynamic that that involves some kind of power play. Um, mm. You know, he doesn't want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to know where to start exactly. It, to me, I had this conversation actually with a couple yesterday in my office mm-hmm. who were talking about trying to find time to be with one another. And there's just so tired and, and sometimes they're on their phones. And I was like, well, there's time. I just mm-hmm. found time, time yeah. that you just got your face in your phone. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's a solvable problem. Um, right. And, but if he's not, the, the thing that's missing from this email is any sense of agreement at all. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like he agrees it's a problem. Doesn't sound like he agrees that it's important to connect. It doesn't sound like he agree. They have an agreement around power um, and what it means to um, be able to ask your partner for what you need. Um yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's it's the hard part it's complicated. Is that um, if it's it's very one sided, right? So the other mm-hmm. piece that I think that's missing that I would like to know more about is what is the phone doing for him? Because I think that phones and kind of diving into social media or watching a show is really just a way to to self soothe. And oftentimes we've had stressful days and we just want to check out. We want to hang out, and part of that might be just playing a game on the phone. So. There's that aspect of what is it doing for him and as her as the partner, the one who's probably listening to this podcast, getting really curious, what what is uh, being on your phone doing for you? Is it a way for you to disconnect for for you to transition? And how can you do that while also not taking away? How can we both meet our needs, right? Finding the win-win. My need and desire is to connect with you, for you to connect with the kids, to be present during the the small number of hours that parents have at the end of the day with each other and with their children. And also, how can you transition? Which is interesting because you brought up the whole point, point number one, which was the coming home routine or ritual that you have, the agreed upon ritual that you keep. Can you say I'm super more about into that? This. I'm super into this lately because I feel like um, I feel like couples typically are going to have two um, departures and two reunions every single day, um, and it's the easiest place to cement your bond is in this mm-hmm. moment that is that is universal. And the reason I say two is because when you wake up, especially if you wake up in the same bed, that's a reunion. You're you're being reunited after you've been asleep. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can have a ritual before you get out of bed. We, we, we gear up for the day. Maybe we kiss, maybe we, maybe we make love. Maybe we just uh, ask, you know, maybe I bring you coffee, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Like Mm -hmm. um, then typically couples part because one or both of them goes to work. Somebody leaves the house is most often the scenario. And that's a, that's a departure. And you can, Mm -hmm. you can have a ritual around that departure that really cements your bond that you, you kiss or you hug or you, give a high five or secret handshake or whatever. And you have a question that you like that partners ask. It's one of your top five questions. And I love it. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a cool ritual at the beginning of the day to say, um, what's one thing I should ask you about later on? Um, what's going to, what's going on for you today that I should be interested in later. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, when somebody comes home from work or everybody kind of reunites in whatever way they do, whether it's after work or after soccer practice, you can, you can cement that time. And that may be time to say, Hey, for the next five minutes, I'm going to go into my bedroom and change my clothes and look at my phone and 
catch up on my email and get my high score. And then I come and I'm back with the family and you yeah. ask me the question, you know? Yeah. And it could be, I mean, who knows, who knows what the ritual around the phone specifically should be, but it's an easy enough place to say, you get the, my first 10 minutes, mm. you get my first half hour. Um, and I also need some time to check out and, and negotiating that. That's where I go back to this word agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's another departure when you go to sleep. And sometimes people will say, well, I don't, we don't go to bed at the same time. And I'm, and I'm, and I get that. I, I often don't go to bed at the same time as my wife, but you can go to the bed at the same time. You can go mm -hmm. tuck your mm -hmm. partner in. Mm -hmm. You can go yeah. um, give them a kiss. Good night. You can sit with them in the dark for 10 minutes until they fall asleep and mm -hmm. then go watch your show or then go play your video game or. Um, I feel very strongly about that piece actually. And I've had relationships that, that was the number one reason that they came to me, that they literally paid hundreds of dollars to see a therapist was because their ritual at the end of the night was failing them, that they were going to bed at two separate times and it was mm. causing a riff. There was there was a lack of unity, unity um, at, at the end of the day. And, and really all it was is you don't have to go to bed at the same time. You just have to go to the bed at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And have have that ritual at the end of the night, and then you can go your separate ways. So I feel very strong about that. So again, we kind of veered away from the woman, this lady's question about the phone itself. But I think the overarching topic about it is this idea of what is what is going to what are we going to negotiate together? Um, mm -hmm. um, what are we going to come up with together that helps us feel more connected and less sad? That's my new kind of thing. I'm like, I know. I think I've noticed I think that. in general. Couples want to go to bed more connected and less sad. Yeah. And so if they can agree on that, then it's, then you're really just negotiating. So um, I have something that came up. The, the problem with this is that there's some sort of a power play here. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to feel controlled by her yep. saying, Hey, put your phone down. And when entering into negotiation, the goal is to have a, a situation where it's a win-win. And the yep. way that you get to a win-win is to understand what's really going on for your partner. And so if she Back takes to your the question lead, of what does the phone do for him? Yeah. Exactly. Is to ask him, what does the phone do for you? And how can I help you to get that? How can I be somebody who supports what that is for you? And if he says the, the phone is actually a way for me to avoid conversation because I don't know what to say, then great. Now we know what the problem is or what the phone's doing. So how can we have topics to talk about? Let's talk about our highs and lows at the dinner table and create a ritual around that. So that we have something to talk about. Or my phone is really just creating a way for me to decompress at the end of the day. Awesome. So that's really important. How can I help you meet your need to decompress? And how can you help me meet my need to feel connected and have conversation with you? Um, and so usually people are less rigid and less at a stalemate when they feel like their partner understands them and is also seeking to help reach their needs and their goals. That's sure. A good yeah. Place. If, I, That's if I think that you want me to get what I want, mm -hmm. I'm going to be more likely to help you get what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, just looking at the time, we have one more question that came up. And this is a little bit more of a general question that has to do with conflict. This couple has a great relationship, great friendship, but she finds herself getting really triggered by tone of voice. She just noticed mm. that the way that when they have conflict and when they communicate with one another, tone of voice is really, it sets her off. I love and it this kind one. Of, you do? Yes. Tell me, tell me, what do you have? Well, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I, I, I don't, do you finish reading the question or finish no, explaining that's, it? I mean, that's pretty general, but that's yeah. pretty much it. That's their Listen, tone of voice isn't a thing. 
Tell me volume, more. Volume is a thing. You can measure volume. You can't quite measure tone. A lot of times when they say in my office, couples will talk about the tone of voice. I'll go, have I heard it yet? Have I heard the tone that, that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Because tone is it's totally subjective. Right. Um, so she is attaching meaning to a sound mm-hmm. that may not actually have that meaning. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's really critical to go, hey, um, I just heard the sound. Are you trying to be mean? Are you trying mm-hmm. to be... Are you trying to be sexy? Are you trying to be funny? Are you trying to be critical? Are you, are you, you know, so I think it's really important kind of even to the last question to, to, to get curious about what is the sound and why am I attaching meaning to this sound? Because, um, no, she might already know why she's attaching meaning. I mean, a lot of people, um, it reminds them of like their father or, or it's like my dad used to raise his voice all the, no, I'm not in my family, but. Okay. But what you just said, what you just said was volume. What? Raise voice? My dad used to raise his voice. Like that's okay. volume and you can go, okay. But see, I think tone is totally different and it's, it's really so interesting. it's easy for someone to say, you're right. My volume does raise. Yep. Okay. That's easy because that's objective. But what you're saying is the tone is subjective. I didn't use a tone. And I don't even know what tone you're talking about. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Yeah, what you, you know. Have you ever have you ever had couples that have said, "Hey, can you just record us and play it back because I want him to see the way that he just talked to me just now." Did yeah. you hear that? You know, like, "Oh, that tone right there, that's the one." Yeah. Um, so what would be helpful if she hears the tone and they're trying to sort of d- first become aware that this is what's going on and then the next step is to fix it, but well, you said that uh, you said this at the beginning of the email said that they have a great friendship and generally a, mm-hmm. a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. which means she gets to say, "Ooh, I didn't like the sound of that. That that stung me a little bit. What what's going on? Did something change? Is there mm-hmm. a are we are we what are we doing now? Mm-hmm. Because that is really different than, you know, don't use that tone of voice with me or or right. or just responding to a perception about tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and don't get me wrong, man. Like I understand that people talk differently when they're angry and when they totally. have a, but, but, but she gets to have the opportunity to take responsibility for her trigger, which right. is, which is ouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on a second. What's happening? You yeah. know? So that's you, her opportunity to offer what's called a repair. And especially say, if they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that just, I heard that I attached some meaning to it. I'm telling myself the story that you're angry with me. You are uh, frustrated. You think I'm stupid. What you think I'm an idiot? Whatever it might be, it, am I accurate here to assume these things based on your tone? Mm-hmm. And then he has an opportunity to repair and say, "Yes, absolutely. Th- this conversation is going nowhere, and I'm frustrated with you." Or, "No, uh, not at all. I, I'm having a conversation, and I, I don't need you to attach that meaning to it. Whatever it might be." But mm-hmm. okay, I like that. I like I like where you're going there. Thanks. You really are uncoughed, sir, because you're being so nice to me today. <laughs> I just, uh, we built up our friendship this last weekend. I have such adoration for you. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. The other thing to, to sort of talk about just as a brief uh, entry is how you bring up a conversation is using that gentle startup because we're sort of talking about being gentle with your partner, um, mm-hmm. using y- what you say is what you say, but it's also how you say it. And Mm -hmm. we know that when a conversation begins, 96% of the time it's going to follow suit. So if you want your conversation to go well, you want to start it off gently with respect 
You want to use I statements. You want to address the problem in a non-judgmental way. You don't want to blame your partner. There's a lot of sort of rules around how to start that conversation. And the opposite is true, that if you're harsh and you have a harsh tone and that's triggering for your partner, your partner's automatically just going to kind of jump into the defense and then your conversation is going to follow suit as well, and it's not going to go well. So yeah. having a, just a really gentle startup is very important. So that's also a skill. Okay. Okay. Good talking to you. All right. Until next time, after Thanksgiving, enjoy your Thanksgiving with your chosen family and then the people that are also your family. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. We are so excited to be launching our webinar series. It's monthly webinars where we actually get to see you and you can see us. Um, Every month, we're going to be tackling a topic that you have expressed a whole lot of interest in, either through the emails that we've been receiving um, and requesting that we talk about this topic. So we're going to be doing this starting in December on December 13th we'll be doing a live webinar. And for 30 minutes, we'll be talking about the topic. And the other 30 minutes, we will be answering your questions live and directly. And if you want to participate in this, you have to be a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio at the $10 mark or more. If you're interested, go to marriagetherapyradio.com and click on the tab that says Patreon. And you will see there's a way to support Marriage Therapy Radio at the $10 mark or more. And you will be invited to join our exclusive monthly webinars. Thanks so much for the time and dedication you are putting to making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.